Last time in Riftwalkers, after a brief internment at the Magister's headquarters in the city of Threshold, the group was coerced into a deal with Magister Morden, their captor, to perform an impossible task for him, but perhaps possible for them, to infiltrate a section of the church quarter under the control of the Church of the Ten Truths militant arm, the Keepers of the Rings and explore ancient catacombs beneath the district where something powerful has awoken. As the Magister's escorting you lead you through the city, it's apparent that fear is just an automatic association with this group, as any commoner who peers out their window or happens upon the same street as you all immediately closes their shutters or darts down the nearest alley. You walk for quite some time, going through multiple gates, passing through multiple walls, as Threshold is the city of gates, eventually coming to the edge of the church quarter where you see a towering cathedral rising above the other smokestacks and roofs and chimneys that dot this sector. In a plaza where a grand mosaic of colors plays under your feet, it is evenly divided, one half a sinister gray, black, and purple, and the other half dancing colors of every bit of the rainbow. You are approaching from the sinister side of the plaza. And on the other side, you see a group of incredibly well-armored and armed soldiers. You, if you thought the Magisters were imposing, these people have heavier plate than Reese, even. Their swords, I wouldn't say comically large, because it's obvious they can still do some damage, but not something just anyone could wield. The rest of the Magisters that are escorting you stay on the outskirts of this plaza, but Magister McCall, still walking in front of you, leads you to the edge. Before he turns you over to the Keepers of the Rings, he says, Now remember, your pilgrims act accordingly. Do as Morden says, and everything will turn out alright for you and your friend. Fail, and the consequences will be dire. And Reese, who's standing next to him, whose hood, as almost comical as these person's swords are large, Reese's hood is pulled so far down over his face that it's almost comical. It's not, but it's almost comical to hide his mask. He just kind of nods to uh, the Magister and the little thing in front of him like flops. (laughs) (laughs) You said it wasn't comical. (laughs) As we're walking with the Magister, Lyrian has Mick put on disguise so he's not recognizable as an outsider. These robes and garments are very intricate, and it took you a while to get them on and for uh, Ifran to help you all get them right. But you have almost a series of hoods, two or three, that cover your face or in head in varying degrees, and then a veil of thin cloth that comes over the front as well. On your shoulders and your chest... There are pieces of parchment that are tacked onto your robes, containing different inscriptions in a language that actually none of you can read. Not even Val. Wow. <laughs> and Efron can't read this? Yeah. No, it doesn't seem to be Huari. However, do I know the significance of this piece of paper? Yes. It's basically the rites that you wish to perform and the instructions to do so. Priests in the Church of the Ten Truths can read it. It's kind of like a colloquial script that's been passed down the order from generation to generation. That's what you know. Maybe, Val, you could have learned it, but there's really no uh, utility to learning it. I spat upon that language. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, 
are there many Church of the Ten Truths texts in the Kinlands? Like, are those just in circulation? <laughs> Someone keeps going to the Give One Take One library and putting in the Book of the Ten Truths. <laughs> <Give one. laughs> so, okay, so as Magister McCall leaves and stands with the Magisters at the edge of the plaza, one of the keepers comes to the border and does not cross over, but simply stands there and bids you forward. And he says in a pretty calm and gentle voice, beneath this helmet, you make him out to probably be an older gentleman, pushing his 60s even, maybe 70s. And he says, My name is Keeper Yerden. It is a pleasure to see pilgrims from so far away come all the way to worship and revere our great god Seraph. Tell me. And he looks at the uh, first of you, whichever one happens to be the first in your marching order. Reese held back. He was not the first. Okay. <laughs> I think Val's intention would have been to let Efron lead for sure. Efron took the lead. Yeah. So Efron, who is first, he places a hand not on your shoulder because that would be touching the rights, but he places it on your cheek, but not like going to touch you, just sort of on the outside of your robes. And he says, what is your name, friend? I am Efron Sedmir. You have come a long way, and your faith will be rewarded by Egg and his children. Come, there are many wonders to see, and if I... Looks down at your chest and kind of glances at your shoulders and down the line of each of you. If I am to see correctly, you have many rites to perform. Tell me, will you require lodging inside the cathedral? We only intend to stay for two days, so a place to sleep tonight. That will be sufficient time to perform these specific rites. Yes, please, if you will, you and your group of faithful, follow me and my keepers. Keeper Yerdin turns and he calmly makes his way down the street. It's not too much further till you reach the cathedral itself, and it is massive. It is a feat of engineering and architecture all in of itself. Huge spires and stained glass windows, enormous figureheads depicting the different gods line the outside, stare down at you as you approach this massive staircase that leads up to the entrance. The keepers remain at the bottom of the stairs, but Keeper Yerden begins his slow ascent. Luca pulls out his whip and begins to flagellate himself, as is tradition. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding, Luca doesn't have a whip. But I assume, does the group stay in the beneath with the keepers who stopped? Are we going to follow the guy up? I guess they're going to follow Efron, because Efron's the guy who knows what he's doing. Luca's just old man standing there. Efron looks at the group and says... We are going now to perform some right. It is best if we stay in a single fire line. That is tradition. And we should not break with it. Follow me as I follow your day. The front walks up the stairs with everyone in tow. As you reach the wide doors of the cathedral, they are opened for you by a pair of priests. Inside, there is a enormous main hall, which is honestly only a fraction of what you saw outside, but still breathtaking. Enormous pillars line this hall and thousands of pews are laid out where there are worshippers intermittently placed, doing their own things and minding their own business, and priests and whatnot attending to different duties. But as Yerden leads you to a central font, he gives you a deep bow, Ifran, and he says, Brother Sedmir, it has been my pleasure 
to take you this far. Please, enjoy the blessings of the gods. And he gives you another deep bow and excuses himself and begins his way walking back outside the cathedral. And you all are left to your own devices. Reese just starts pillaging the place. (laughs) (laughs) Breaks a stained glass window just for kicks. Just (laughs) all right, looking good. Reese is just kind of looking at Efron, waiting for him to do something. Luca thinks they got a sweet deal, do some rights or something, then get through the city. So he's happy to do whatever is necessary. Apparently, they're staying there. Actually, never mind. He's the answer to Efron. You know, as he was listening to them, he's trying to maintain his shuffle. You know, a la mole man, just trying to keep up a fairly weak disguise but a disguise and he goes up to finally says how long do you think these rites are going to last i thought it would be best that we begin our descent tonight yes i concur i believe at least for the sake of appearances we should perform at least a few of the rites perhaps there could be some rites performed closer to where we should begin our investigation and reese kind of turning his whole body because you can't really see outside of his head very well. Um, he's observing to see if there's anyone else in the room, sees that they're alone. And are we going to have this whole place to ourselves for the entirety of the two days? Or will there be others coming and going? I do not know. Perhaps there could be other pilgrims. I doubt that we would have it completely to ourselves the entirety of our stay. True. But do we have free reign to the catacombs? Is that a place where we perform some of these rites? And he kind of motions towards the paper on his chest. Did you say we're in the cathedral? Yes, you're in like the main hall. And the catacombs are just below us. Yes. Oh. Start digging? What are you... <laughs> Start digging, I trowel. tell Val, Val, use your penetrate the wall thing. We're going straight down. Yeah, okay, well, we... You know, Efron gives a sharp whistle and says, "In here, boys, Tony, bring it in." And you see the construction crew coming in with like this big old drill bit. Yeah, we just pull out a jack camera and we start going to town. Marble part of the right. It's fine. There's no problem here. No, we do classic Indiana Jones. We we time the hitting the the post down on the ground at the same time as the guy does the stamp. I'm pretty sure there's a door and some stairs we can go down. There should be. I like this idea. Anyway, anyway, yes. There is a priestess approaching you. Great. Okay, cool. Okay, wait. Play it cool. Play it cool. So Efron motions for everybody to sit down to quote unquote perform some rites. (laughs) And you said there's a priestess approaching. Yes. And she reaches Efron and she says, good day. Good day to you as well. May I ask which one of you is the mourner? It would be that one. He said motioning towards Reese, who has his hood pulled down so low. <laughs> Perfect. I am afraid he has lost someone very dear to me. He has taken a vow of silence. He has taken a vow of silence. <laughs> out of reverence for those he has lost. I understand. If I may, <laughs> and she reaches toward your chest. Efron proffers the tag to the priestess. Yeah, the big old parchment. He takes it off of yeah, he's not just like sticking his chest out. <laughs> he takes Please. it off. And... Yeah, no, she removes it from your clothes and she reads, kind of just going down. She's like, a strange sequence, but not unheard of. I suppose we could start there. And she 
clips the parchment back onto your chest. She says, if you'll follow me, then the catacombs are this way. Is there a sweet incense burner that Luca can pick up to kind of swing in front of him in a decrepit way? <laughs> the world is cool. The what is this? Is dark wicked. Souls? You know, there are people that's called like medieval Catholic Church, Seth. There God. Yeah. that actually swing the incense and I'm sure I know they quite put out that you called it decrepit. <laughs> I said decrepit because my guy is pretending to be old, not because the incense is decrepit. <laughs> any Hoosiers. If this culminates in sort of a uh, cross in the middle, she leads you down the left side to a series of doors and hallways that are just beautifully carved out of this dark stone. There are candles everywhere. There are massive paintings and other works of art dotting these halls. Everything in tribute to the Ten Truths. As you're walking along, she falls in step with Ifron, who maybe a step or two in front of him, and she looks over her shoulder at you and she says, Tell me, who is your chosen? Seth. Oh, you are then doubly odd. And she allows herself a slight laugh and then tightens her face and says, Excuse me for that outburst. No, it is quite all right. I understand. However, I do not come from the most ordinary families. Though we are all Americ, it is quite strong in our family to be claimed by Sarah. I see, yes. Now, if you'll come with me here, she motions down a hallway, which you follow her down for a little ways. You arrive eventually at a barred gate. She says, I am not allowed any further. However, a keeper will meet you below and he will be able to perform the necessary rites. Please. And she reaches into the folds of her robes takes out a ring of keys, opens this enormous padlock on this gate, and opens it for you all. Thank you. We shall proceed. And Efron leads everybody through the gate. It's a good thing Efron was, you know, leading us, because when she said, who's your chosen? I was totally thinking, oh. <laughs> Luca. Uh, <yeah. laughs> <laughs> we already told you this. <laughs> the guy with the hood. <laughs> and that's where the flagellant comes out. <laughs> so she closes the gate behind you and locks it. And as you go down this spiral staircase, which gets pretty thin at times, like your shoulders are even scraping against this old, old stone. At the bottom, there is a small wooden desk with a man in not as heavy of plate armor as the keepers you saw outside, but he's obviously a keeper nonetheless. Behind him is another large gate that is padlocked. And he stands up from his post and he says, Good day, pilgrims. It is not often that we get your kind here. If you'll present your rights, I will get on with the processes necessary for you to then complete them in a timely manner. Very well. And Efron hands him parchment in his chest and motions for everybody to do the same. Val does so exactly. Oh, Luca does as well, but he's careful to keep his hands underneath. He's still trying to hide his youth. Is that a euphemism for something? <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's got the, like he the incense. He's still swaying the incense back and forth. And as flogging he's like, himself. As he's trying to give it to him, so his hands are just going left and right, like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> the keeper kind of stares at you quizzically for a few moments, and he just looks at Efron in the eye, and he's like, all the rights, please. Did somebody not give him... Flitting his eyes to your shoulders? Uh, yes. Uh... 
<laughs> he takes off his robe. No, no, no. He takes off. There's a. Is it like a sash or something? No, I told you on your shoulders. There's also pieces of parchment. Yeah, it's just like the paper. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, Efron offers him not only the parchment on his chest, but also the one on his shoulder and any other rights that may be scattered about his body. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's it. You got them all. And he says, "Hmm, yes, this is quite irregular, but it is allowed nonetheless. Please." And he puts the rights in a stack on the desk, and then he unlocks the large gate, pushes it open behind him, and says, You may perform the rites of mourning first and foremost. Please, once you are finished, return here, and I will give you the next set. Do I have any idea how long the rites of mourning will be? Minutia of religious rites belonging to the church, I would say, still eludes you. Then I look to the guy. Thank you. It may be some time yet. It is quite a lot for that one. He says, motioning to Reese again with the hood pulled down low. The morning may take some time. We appreciate all that you do. I understand. And please, be reverent. There is no speaking beyond this point. And from gives everybody like the motion the two finger point down further we go <laughs> all right this keeper closes the gate and locks it behind you so on either side of you there are alcoves with tombs and this large hallway that you're in maybe 20 30 feet wide goes on for quite some time with little branching hallways after every five or so alcoves and tombs containing more and more rows of coffins and sarcophagi. However, venturing into what Morden called the Forlorn Halls, you're kind of on your own. Then I guess it don't matter if we're quiet. <laughs> That's when Lucas speaks and all of a sudden undead start showing up. <laughs> Skeletons burrow off the ground, you idiots! Fron gives everybody the zip the lips motion, and then he locks it, and then he throws the key away. <laughs> Val will progressively cast message to each of you, <laughs> and and say we could speak like this if we wanted to do a little relay. Is Val able, like when Reese hears this, can he communicate back? Yes, you can respond once per cast. Per cast, yes. Okay, so he when he hears Val say this to him, he just says. Can the others hear this, or is this just to me? Well, this one is just to you right now, but uh, you can also respond to this one if you want. Uh, it's a little tricky, but we can do it. I haven't figured out the group message thing yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, that's a level nine spell, group message. It's no Discord. <laughs> All right, well, Rishus replies back to Val. Uh, for now, I'll just look around, and if we have anything, or if you see anything of note, you can communicate that to us. Just signal me, and I can message you. And he gives him the thumbs up. <laughs> Val gives you one back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then Reese kind of starts exploring a little bit, seeing what's down there. Okay. He takes off his hood and kind of lets the light coming through his mask provide a little bit of additional light down there. Oh, do we need light? Can people see? Oh, yeah. At the junctions of each of these little hallways, there are like single burning candles. However, the deeper you go, offshooting from this main hallway, there is straight up no light. 
I would love to conjure some dancing lights for everyone. So nice. are we like in the pre-Forlorn Halls catacombs or have we descended yes. completely? Oh, so we're still in the catacombs. We're not quite there yet. Mm-mm. On the bright side, Luca's going to fit right in with his candle. Because <laughs> he has his candle, not a torch. Luca does have his <laughs> oh, candle. <yeah>. It's <laughs> a much more reliable and useful source of light. Thank you, baby. After all your noobs have your torches blow out after five minutes, my candle's going strong for another hour. <laughs> I'll still cast dancing lights. They're the same color as my hair. <laughs> Perfect. You see Luca in a corner lighting a candle, then da- dancing lights happen. <laughs> just... Looks over like some dirty raccoon digging in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Can I see certain paths have been recently or more uh, trodden upon? This will be investigation because it's a bit more active. Okay, cool. While this is happening, can I start casting Detect Magic as a ritual spell? Yes. Great. How long will that take you? 11 minutes, I think. Okay. (laughs) It'll take a while, but I'm just going to do that as we kind of wander around. All right. What did you get, Chris? Uh, not very good. I got six. All right. For a moment, you get a little lost in the darkness before you are able to reunite yourself with Val's dancing lights. Unfortunately, your search turned up very little, if anything. Cool. Oh, I would also like to resummon the Archbishop. Because <laughs> now I'm not You are visible. able to. Yay! Oh, I missed her. I give her a big kiss. <laughs> is, is the owl very comfortable in these tunnels? I feel like that would be uncomfortable for a flying bird. Well, she's a fae owl, so... Oh, so she's pretty chill with it. She's just like, same old crap as usual. Where the heck is this <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> she's my familiar, and she's not in, like an owl owl, so... She, she chill. She like it. All right. Uh, I guess, should we all just descend down the main tunnel? Does anyone know where we're supposed to be going? Maybe we should have asked. <laughs> Lyrian wants to cast Conjure Animals and summon eight. I guess in the... Wolves? <laughs> wolves again? <laughs> the wolves. No, I was going to do rats this time. And so all of a sudden you see there's eight spectral rats and the command he's giving them is to find the way down. Okay. The rats, what do you said? There's eight of them? Yes. They scurry off into different hallways and different corners and dart every which way, and then they all disappear from sight as they go down different passages. While the rats do their job, is anyone else going to poke around? Reese is, yes. I'm casting a spell, so no. Okay. So, Reese, why don't you roll for investigation, actively looking for a clue that may lead you to the Forlorn Halls. All right, so that wasn't great. It was an 11. <laughs> you see, like, a big sign that says, like, Forlorn Halls. <laughs> Gives you a little arrow. A little neon sign blinking. On the edge of one of the corners going down a separate hallway from the main one, you find a small etching of, it seems, a, a pair of circles and then an arrow. And you follow it for a little ways, kind of running your hands along the stone. And it takes you around another bend where there's a second drawing as a second arrow has joined this little etching. And as you continue along, you know, the light coming from your own mask lighting the way, you eventually come upon one final etching where things seem to end. And it is a very crude and vulgar depiction of intercourse that someone has carved into the wall (laughs) that you thought was a clue. 
and you were following it. And serious? as you connect the dots in your mind, you're like, oh, that's what those were. <laughs> that was Agadon's first <laughs> troll. Uh, amazing. Oh my gosh. Is it so it's like carved into the stone? <laughs> so yes, you further investigate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Reese just leaves it. He flares a little bit in intensity and then turns around and walks back. Then Reese returns to the group, shrugs his shoulders, and shakes his head. Doesn't share what he learned down the time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's, he's, still, like, he's observing the, the silence. Any luck, Reese? <laughs> <laughs> And Reese just puts his finger up to his cloaked head and then takes it down. <laughs> has it been 10 minutes? <laughs> it has been 11 minutes. Wow. So as Val is done with this ritual casting and your eyes are sort of opened to this otherworldly sense, you see a faint aura just kind of leading you down this main passageway, stopping 30 feet in front of you. At the same time, out of the darkness there, you see a little blinking light growing larger and larger and larger coming toward you and toward you until it enters this 30-foot radius and you see that that is also surrounded by this aura and it is one of Lyrian's rats that then comes and stops uh, right at his feet. I I look at the rat. (laughs) Lyrian kind of motions to everybody, seeing that this rat has kind of something, a place it wants to take us. And I I give the follow and have the the rat continue to take us to what it found. All right. And Val, as you and the group are following this rat, you see, again, this aura around you. It becomes more and more concentrated the closer you get, sort of like almost a trail of smoke it becomes thick in a way which is unlike your experience with this incantation in the past and as the rat leads you deeper and deeper and deeper the other rats kind of fall in from various passageways until it's the entire group leading you down these winding tunnels slowly gaining speed too how dirty are these tunnels that we're going down at this point the only light are from the rats, their little faint glow, and then if Val still has dancing lights going on. So you can't really make out the floor or the walls all too well. Everything seems pretty dark. But I wouldn't say it's grimy or dirty, even in the low light. I was just thinking because, you know, we don't want to come back and have these nice robes full of schmutz and stuff because then everybody's going to know something's up. You know. schmutz. Like, oh, they just performed the, the rite of mourning and they look really sweaty and there's like, that guy's bleeding. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say blood is going to be our biggest issue, I think. You guys are assuming that we're hunting Lee. No, like our blood. Oh. Because <laughs> we definitely bleed. So I guess as everybody's going down, Fran taps Val on the shoulder. Uh, you hear a little message in your head that says, Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps it would be best if we could find somewhere to store these robes to uh, allay suspicion. I do not think it would be wise to cover her robes in blood and sweat should we encounter anything particularly nasty down here. Yes, I think that is a good idea. 
um, I will message the others. We don't have to role play this. <laughs> that um, Ifran has suggested that we all remove our robes. I will also, in doing so, relay to them the strange magic that I am tracking currently. So as you all disrobe and are able to stow these in a safe and memorable spot, following these rats doesn't take you much further, actually. They've all stopped just at a wall. And Val, this whole wall is clearly outlined in this aura of magic detection. And to sustain it past 10 minutes, because you've been traveling for quite some time, would that require a full casting again or...? Probably, um, yeah, I but think so. I think I'm trying to decide if I want to expend a spell slot for it. Probably, and are we? I were. Yeah, I'll do it. I've got spell slots for days because <laughs> <laughs> I do think we need to be able to see this. So I'll do that. So it's just an action casting time then. Yeah, it starts to fade, but then as you bring up this incantation once more, you see it clear as day that you kind of see the outline of a door frame. And even the handle of a door mm. sticking out from this wall where there is none. Um, do I know what kind of, what school of magic this is? You are actually not able to oh. sense that currently. I I will message everyone and let them know there's a door. I'm going to try to open it. If I die, I don't know what you're <laughs> going to do about it, but do something. Um <laughs> Each of you get various variations on that message. And then um, I will reach for the handle. Okay. You feel a concrete thing there. It's it's real, even though you can't see it. If you weren't casting Detect Magic and there was this light around you, you would just be gripping, pantomiming air. As an illusions wizard, Val is delighted. <laughs> I will turn the handle. You turn the handle and you hear a click. <laughs> piece by piece, I'll open the door. <laughs> so the door, you give it a little tug and it doesn't move. Oh no. It's, it's a and push. Then as... <laughs> <laughs> and then as you push it open, Are you the saying? doorknob, no, the doorknob starts to go in and then your hand collides with the wall. And you see the silhouette of the door continue to kind of just like flap open a little bit, but there's just this solid stone wall still in front of you. Does does my hand go through the the, the wall doesn't. or no? Oh dear. Okay. The, the door continues without you, kind of just carrying off that little bit of momentum, and then it's kind of just in the in between now. Can can the, the archbishop go through? <laughs> I encourage her to attempt to peck at the wall. And the archbishop pecks at the wall and a tiny bit of stone comes off. But otherwise, <laughs> nothing happens. It was literally just a handle sticking out. He turned it, pulled, pushed, and it looks like a door swung open, but it's a hard wall. Yeah, the, the silhouette of the magic door continued to swing open as Val pushed it, but to Val now and everyone else, there's just this this wall still. I will report this finding to my compatriots. At well, this point, Efron gives a sharp whistle, and Tony and the boys come in. They're drilled. <laughs> None of them say a word, though. Very respectful. <laughs> Except the sharp whistle. Luca is going to go up to the stone wall and do as thorough as a physical investigation as is possible. Roll investigation with advantage. Say natural 20. Oh. No way. Investigation crit, son. Investigation crit. <laughs> It's a really bad waste of a natural 20. It's always disappointing. So smart. <laughs> yeah, so what's your what's your total then? 
28. As you are running your hands along this wall and sort of under Val's direction along the seams of where this doorway should be, at the bottom on the right-hand side, there is a little notch, just big enough for like your pinky finger to fit in two knuckles worth. After inserting his pinky finger in two knuckles worth, <laughs> Does Luca feel anything, or is this like a little boy at the dam, and he's just like, oh, don't want to move my finger. The water will come in. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no, you don't feel anything. I don't feel anything. I call Val's attention. You know, this is very clearly an illusory door. Something's happening here. So I, like, tap. You're still crouching down? Yeah, like, so we're at the same door, right? So I, like, kind of hit Val's leg. I look down. And I point down, and like you can see my pinky fingers kind of stuck in there. And I make a sort of, what do you think, face. <laughs> <laughs> it's, also, it's also like tinged with a hint of crazy, because that's kind of perpetually on Lucas' face currently. <laughs> Little wild-eyed. Is there any magic around the uh, pinky knot? Yes, there's actually more so than the door. You see almost the workings of a tiny contraption within there, each element seemingly magical. Oh, man. I feel like Val would know how to do this. Laurel does not. Any ideas, team? I can cast Passwall and we can hopefully make it through whatever is blocking us from the other I mean, side. But We're definitely going to make it through, but this, no, I'm liking this trap. I was actually thinking before we started, man, we don't do enough traps or puzzles. <laughs> so let's, let's try to depuzzle it. Okay. So there's a contraption, likely magical. You know what I should do is I should roll Arcana. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want to investigate uh, the pinky knot, but I want Luca to keep his finger in there in case when he takes it out, something bad happens to us. <laughs> okay. The entire tunnel starts to collapse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here here goes my arcana roll. Um, 15. Okay. You can tell that it's a kind of summoning magic. Something is linked inside this contraption that would produce the effects of a summon or de-summon incantation. Luca is going to do a real quick, like, oh, please don't let this kill me. And he's going to pull his finger out. Does anything happen? Okay. As you move to pull your pinky out, it slices off the two knuckles that you inserted. So you only pull out one knuckle worth of pinky. I I don't pull out any knuckle worth of pinky. I just pull the rest of my pinky falls off as I try to pull it out. There was nothing getting pulled out. (laughs) It's just, okay. Is this painful? Does he scream? Um, yes, that was painful. Uh, you are bleeding from your pinky that has just been amputated. Uh, it's my pinky. It's not like I'm losing a profound amount of blood, guys. Yeah, it's like the least it useful of all things. hurts. Luca's zeroed in on this, guys. Luca now takes out his piece of bone he has left. Should have inserted that first. <laughs> and he's going to try to move the little door. Is the door thing that slid down movable in any way? Um, the bone passes through the stone completely. <gasps> oh, it passes through the whole stone? Like, it just goes straight through? Yes. It just goes straight through. Expecting resistance, Luca kind of follows through. Does my hand go through as well? Am I like losing my entire hand? Because that would be inconvenient. You kind of stumble forward through the stone and you hit your head on what feels like a wooden door and you hear it creak a little further open. And as we're looking on, does everyone else just see him kind of go through this like mirage now that is the stone wall? (laughs) So Luca falls forward a little bit, stumbling, and then you hear this poof. And then you just see, like, his butt crawl through the stone and disappear. Uh, without missing a beat, Reese follows him through. <laughs> and then Reese just hits him like a solid stone wall. Just <laughs> no, Reese goes through as well. So wait, we are we all just glossing over this whole pinky thing? Like, Luca just lost his pinky and he was like, 
Oh, okay, that's cool. And he's like, not even like, oh, that no, hurts. Luca was going to go and see if he could pick out the rest of his pinky from the door. No, but I'm like, he had like zero reaction to his pinky getting cut off. Sorry, 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 like, sorry, sorry. He was like, oh, dang, my pinky. Ryan. <laughs> that must have hurt. Ryan, cut this into that part. <laughs> okay, we're good now. I'm just, look, all I'm saying is you were just like, and your pinky goes off and you're like, uh-huh, cool, okay. And so he goes and he gets the bone dagger. <laughs> hey, Luca's in the zoo. Zone, let him be in the zone. Luca goes and he he grabs, you know, he reaches into his pack. He has some medical things. It's kind of part of the stuff he does. He, he places something over it. The pain was sharp and it's less sharp now, but he's kind of got this. It's not like I can do anything about this. Maybe I can get my pinky back. He really, he doesn't react as much as one might think, possibly due to a deteriorating mental state. Well, and as Luca has gone through this pass and is out the other side, and Reese as well, turning back, you just see, you know, an open doorway with your companions standing on the other side. So as Reese and Luca are in this passageway, there is a small stairway that leads down, and then a straight hallway for 25 feet or so, leading to a very old-looking iron wrought wooden door that you can basically see through it so rusted and decrepit and there's something above the door written in a language that you've definitely never seen before being the two of you but I'd venture to say that even Val hasn't encountered this language that's two in one day (laughs) (laughs) but at this point you see one of Lyrian's rats kind of scurry past you and just kind of perk up on its feet cock its head and then go through the door beyond 